0: Hello, and welcome to episode 131 of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and I am so glad that you've joined me today, particularly because my conversation is with a, I'm very privileged and proud to be able to call him a good friend, Dr. Joshua Miller, who is an author of, co-author of the book uh, with Luke Burgess, uh, entitled Unrepeatable, Cultivating the Unique Unique. Calling of Every Person, and also a contributing author to another book, The Motivation Code. And Joshua has been the co developer of M Code, formerly M Core, The Motivation Code, which is an online assessment that I am certified in. And also, he's director of programming and coaching at Franciscan University of Steubenville's Office of Personal Vocation. But today, we're talking about a initiative that he is responsible for as the executive director of the InScape Center for Personal Vocation. And one of the biggest things that we're talking about today is the missions program. And you'll hear more about that in our conversation, but I just wanna kind of go a little fanboy on Joshua a bit because Joshua is a leader in the field of narrative-based assessment. Um, and pretty much what that means is, is that he dives deep into fulfillment stories, and he helps people, including myself, be able to use the power of story to come to enter into deeper relationship, for us to go beyond the surface and to really go deep by sharing those fulfillment stories, those times that. We really enjoyed doing something, thought we did it well, and also brought us deep satisfaction. And those fulfillment stories are key for helping build a culture in which each one of us can flourish in our personal vocation to build up the body of Christ and sanctify the world. And there's so many ways that our paths have crossed and so many intersections in the work that each of us are doing. And I'm just really, really excited to be able to bring you this conversation, especially uh, share this initiative that he is working on right now with the InScape Center. So I hope that you enjoy our conversation, and I'll see you on the flip side. Hello, and welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and today I'm joined by... I think I can call you a good friend, and definitely I can call you a brother in Christ, um, Dr. Joshua Miller, and he's got a whole bunch of different titles, uh, but just very briefly, he's an author, he's a developer of M-Code, the Motivation Code, which um, is part of how we connected But also, he's the Director of Programming and Coaching at Franciscan University, uh, Steubenville's Office of Personal Vocation. But then also, finally, he's the Executive Director of the InScape Center, and that's a part of what we'll talk about today. But Josh, thank you so much for coming on, and welcome to the show.
1: (laughs) Thank you very much, Christina. It's good to be with you, good to talk with you and, and your listeners.
0: Ah, Well, you know, um, I've talked indirectly about you so many times because of your book that you wrote with Luke Burgess, Unrepeatable, which if guys, if you have not read this yet, you've got to read this. Um, It is life changing. It really is. And then also the motivation code um, of where I'm a certified coach, but you are instrumental, of course, in doing that. But I think it all comes out of your own passion to really help each person flourish in their personal vocation. So mm-hmm. I, I guess if anything, you know, could you share a little bit about kind of your own journey and how you kind of came to be where you are today doing what you're doing?
1: When I was growing up, I always loved stories. So I would read those little uh, uh, American stories of, you know, or childhood stories of early American heroes, that, that kind of thing. So biography and history has always captured my heart and my imagination. And I grew up in a family um, of of strong evangelical Christians um, where my grandfather and my father had a a way of helping people understand their patterns of giftedness and motivation through narrative, Mm -hmm. um, stories of of deeply fulfilling activities um, and I was captured by that at a young age. And in high school, I said, you know, I wanna do this work. And so that was really the beginning um, and its path has meandered a bit. I became Roman Catholic in 1994 and have since understood the, the, the deeply Catholic um, uh, roots of what my granddad and my father have done. Um, and in about 10 years ago, really became convicted about the need to help cultivate personal vocation, and the connection between our story, our gifts, and our personal vocation is very, very uh, tightly integrated. Oh,
0: most definitely. And in uh, and, and- In fact, I've shared with you before as a part of why I so love the motivation code, the M code is because it takes all of that and integrates it and gives us an insight that into who we are and unlike other assessments, because it it is rooted in our stories, I think that makes it even more accurate and I think, you know, the science and everything bears that out uh, Mm -hmm. and for people who want to learn more you can go uh, find it. Uh, I think it's the motivationcode.com. I think is the website where everything is. Um, but, you know, one of the things that has happened is, of course, you have, as you said, you kind of meandered, you know, here and there. But one of the things that came out is the InScape Center for Personal Vocation. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got lots of initiatives going on there. Um, and could you share some of what it is that that you've been involved with? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Yeah. at the heart of it is helping people recognize that vocation is not simply a state of life, but rather a unique call by name that incorporates our state of life vocation, you know, marriage, priesthood, uh, if we're single, and that it's dynamic and constant, that the Lord Jesus Christ calls us by name every single moment. And so we have an opportunity to respond to him. Um, every moment. Um, And when we do so, we're living out our personal vocation. Um, But in every moment, we must be ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're doing a number of things. Um, You and I were together, uh, I think, the 20th and 21st of June, just Mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago at the Given Forum. And so I was there to help train the the mentors for Given, who work with uh, Catholic women leaders um, in action plans. So, training them to, to use fulfillment stories in their mentorship. I've been working with um, several priests in the Diocese of Camden. Uh, yeah. Oftentimes, priests um, are treated according to their function as priest, and um, just helping them to integrate that unique gift that they have in the personal call, of course, what they're called a priesthood. Um, we're really focused on a missions program, which is a gap year program. I'd like to talk about that. But those, yeah. are, those are three significant initiatives that we're working on uh, of late.
0: Yeah, well, you mentioned it just as you were concluding about the missions program. And so um, could you share exactly what the goal of that program is and then who is it for? Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you yeah. know.
1: The goal is to help young adults between the ages of 18 and 23 to uh, identify and live out their personal vocation. And because it's a constant call, you know on day one, we will be able to help them recognize that they're, they're living their vocation right now. So August 15th this fall <laughs> uh, they'll, they'll launch uh, here in Steubenville, Ohio. Um, but the, the goal is to help them identify their gifts. Um, and live out their personal vocation in service. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 to help them recognize that their gifts are for making contribution. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about the personal vocation of the missionaries, the service of the missionaries, but I would say the overarching goal is to help build a culture of personal vocation in a city with person-centered renewal. And if we can help Um, uh, increase that, which is already happening in Steubenville, that would be a a great, a great outcome.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, and that's a part of what I think makes this opportunity different from other service projects and service programs, is that, you know, focus upon the personal vocation of Mm -hmm. how it is that I'm living it out, and, you know, so could you describe a little bit about the structure, about kind of, like, what that will look like, Um, because, you know, if you can go and you can read about it on the website, but to hear about why, for example, you're putting together. You know, uh, it's men and women, but of course they're you know they're going to be living separately, but they're going to be not living you know just in a couple of you know uh, apartments. But go, go ahead and explain a little bit more about
1: that. Yeah, um, I should mention too that part of the need we're trying to meet is going to be met by the structure that I'll just describe,
0: mm-hmm. but.
1: Um, I think many of us are aware of the need that young adults have to be known by name and to feel like they belong. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Young adults are leaving the church uh, in droves. Uh, I think the statistics are 60 or 70% of young people will leave the church, you know, after confirmation, maybe more than that. Um, and also there's a, such a crisis of depression and anxiety. Mm. Um, it's really uh, the, the worst sort of pandemic. And it's gotten worse with uh, um, with the restrictions from, from COVID. So the need for young people to, to know who they are, to feel like they belong, to have lives of purpose and meaning and to live in community is deeply, deeply uh, um, strong. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, uh, we're going to have, Community living, you know, the, the men and women will be in their, their, their separate apartments, but um, they will be living in community, so shared meals, shared projects. Um, and that will be the orientation uh, as a whole. What we'll do in starting off is orient the missionaries in a variety of ways. What, do, what does the church teach by personal vocation? And to just provide the light that it is now, uh, will help them recognize at a deep level, their unique gifts. We will open those up in this narrative approach that we've talked about previously. So helping them recognize that in their own stories of authentic fulfillment, things that they've enjoyed doing, believe they've done well, there's already a pattern of gifts there. And those stories also indicate that they've already started to make a contribution even if they're not aware of it, there'll be missionary formation, as well. And even, even Christina, we want to start out with a healing retreat too. Mm. About, about every third day I hear from somebody. um, and I really think this is from the Lord that we've got to be healed of wounds and we, we can't be strong unless we're healed. And so we all have wounds. And so Uh, we're going to do that as part of cultivating their personal vocation as well. So after a period of formation and identification of of their unique gifts and the meaning of personal vocation, then we're going to be in modes of service to the community of Steubenville. That'll be in two different modes. There will be projects that we do as a group uh, because it's fun to do projects together as a group. Mm -hmm. uh, And they'll process that together and pray through it but they will also have each an individualized coach plan. Mm -hmm. And one of the great things happening in Steubenville right now is that, you know, it's a community of of 18 or 20,000, but there are so many vital Christian, mostly Catholic initiatives to renew the city. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we want, we're going to serve those initiatives. And, um, this, the, the missionaries will be able to try out their gifts, apply their gifts, understand their gifts in the context of service. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just mention a couple things and then close, and that is that the variety that they will have. Uh, so we'll be working with an urban farm. Mm-hmm. We're going to be working at the Sycamore Youth Center, which is a youth center about one block from the uh, King Frederick apartment building where they will be living beautiful classic 1927 apartment building, newly renovated. Um, So there'll be a block away from Sycamore Youth Center where there are 40 after-school programs. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's that. There's the Harmonium Project, which was designed to revitalize Steubenville, which is an old steel mill town with a depressed economy, but revitalize it through music and the art. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a lot of poor in Steubenville. Um, You know, it's the the opioid crisis in Appalachia very much is a part of Steubenville. So there's poverty and prostitution. Um, And so we're going to be able to serve really the the poorest of the poor in this country in our own uh, backyard. Um, So a lot of group projects and then all kinds of individual um, opportunities as well, including the city of Steubenville, the St. Paul Institute for Biblical Studies and Mm -hmm. um, political campaigns and so lots, lots of areas to plug in.
0: Oh, definitely. Um, and uh, when, when we were, you were initially talking about the missions program, you made mention of it kind of like as a gap year. Um, and yes. I think, you know, and we've talked about this, you know, at, at offline, which was just the reality of every person being able to spend time doing this so that you know so like for example if you're graduating high school and you're not quite sure like what you want to do in college or what you want to pursue an experience like this is absolutely perfect because you're going to be able to have those opportunities to be able to one come to know yourself and mm-hmm. then you're able to in community life being able to live and grow in virtue so you yourself are growing in holiness and and then also doing it within a life of service where in the process you're discovering where it is that your greatest gifts and needs are. Um, and, um, and, and it's something of where I'm, I'm going, gee, what I, what I wouldn't have paid for, you know, that opportunity myself. Um, even though I was very driven and very goal oriented, Mm -hmm. um, having that, uh, probably would have saved me a little bit of pain along the way, Mm -hmm. uh, of not making uh, the choices necessarily. Um, this sounds absolutely, wonderful, and I guess, you know, just kind of making it in a practical way, um, you know, you talked about those four things uh, that, that would be able to happen, you know, be happening in the mission program, and that would be, you know, the fact of cultivating that personal vocation, knowing that you're belonging, and you're, you're, you know, called by name, living that life of service and community. What might be some practical things that you think any Catholic, you know, any person, would or should be seeking so that they can be uh, living out that unique and unrepeatable personal vocation they have mm-hmm. in their life where they are now. Because sometimes people will be like, "Oh, well, that's great, you know," but I've already discerned that I'm already married, I'm already out in a job, etc. But I think there's practical things we can do, and I would love to hear some of your suggestions.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I, th- I think there's a wonderful line from the gospel, I think it's the gospel of John, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's the you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Mm-hmm. And that applies to any truth. Um, so one of the, the truths which has immense practical impact is to know the truth of the church's teaching about personal vocation, mm-hmm. which was really a, a part of the pastoral vision of St. John Paul II. It was addressed by Pope Paul VI prior to him, certainly Pope Benedict addressed it and Pope Francis has in in Christus Vivit. Um, So every semester, Christina, and this has been about 24 semesters, um, when I teach students at Franciscan that vocation is not just a state of life, but it's a unique call by name that incorporates all these other aspects of vocation, universal call to holiness, state of life, profession, Um, But it's this daily call by name, and it includes all that we are. Mm -hmm. Um, That in and of itself, I think, has immense practical uh, impact. For one, the students say, oh, that's a relief. That takes away the weight of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a a release of pressure and anxiety, but also a dignifying of today. and. Um, I think that when any Catholic, however old he or she is, or whatever state of life vocation, recognizes that, you know, the Lord calls us every day, and there's a cross every day, of course, there's joys and crosses, but that we must be about the building of God's kingdom, and we must be about responding to him obediently at every moment. Um, And when we see life through that frame, I think it helps us to be at ease. It helps us to recognize the fruit of God's work in us and through us, it helps us see other people differently. Um, so that's, it's a, it's a truth that is practical insofar as it helps us to live more richly today. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of discernment, uh, we could talk about that of course, but, um, but I, I do think that, that the truth piece is, is, is important.
0: Absolutely. Uh, You know, the phrase you just used to live more richly today, um, I think, is so such a a hopeful vision for what it is that we're called to. Um, And so often we'll look at our lives and we'll be like, oh, I missed the boat or, you know, I missed this opportunity or I didn't do that really well. Or, you know, what all those woulda, shoulda, couldas, which, of course, Satan loves you know beating us up about. Uh, But the fact is, is that there's always, you know, that opportunity of today, uh, to live in the present moment, to be able to embrace the fact that, you know, I I love that phrase you use, gives dignity to the now. Mm -hmm. And and I think that that is such a such an important piece that we need to remember that regardless of whatever has come before, today is dignity and beauty. And grace, mm-hmm. an opportunity for us to build God's kingdom, mm-hmm. um, and in whatever way that that our Lord is placing before us. So, thank thank you for that, um, because that that's huge. And you know, it's not just young people right now who are struggling with yes. depression yeah. and with kind of a hopelessness and looking around and going, "Oh gosh, the world's kind of imploding." And you know, um, and especially when you look at our society and how divisive and you know things are. But even in the midst of that, God works. I mean, we, we talked before we got on about, you know, the, the joy of, um, you know, the overturning of the Roe v. Wade decision. Um, and, you know, so we're now in a post-Roe world and it's not all, you know, unicorns and rainbows. But the fact is, is that it's giving us an opportunity to be able to really bring dignity to mm-hmm. the now um, mm-hmm. in, a in a different way. Um, speaking of hopes, what is your hope for the missions project and and then also for the inscape center kind of as a whole what 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 are you hoping for uh, there
1: the the american gap year association has done research on the effectiveness of gap programs and it's very clear that programs which provide new experience but also help people to grapple with who they are and how they can make a unique contribution are really, really fruitful for young adults and not just if they go on to college, but uh, it just helps them to live lives that are more fulfilling, more authentic. So um, that's one piece of just corroborating evidence. What I hope for the program for those missionaries. um, And it's going to be grounded in in a framework of of formation that I've been that I've been offering. So I, there's, there's reason that it's, I've got reasonable uh, hopefulness that it, that it will have great fruit. But I would love for those missionaries to um, be more and more awakened to the glory and the responsibility of their unique and unrepeatable calling and to seize it with gusto and joy um, and to have a means of discerning each day as they move forward in their own lives so so eternal life-changing impact that's what i'm praying for and my team and i are working for but also the broader impact in steubenville i am more and more convinced that that like broad national-wide policy has its place but for me as as a lay catholic in my little world with my set of relationships that 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 loving and building up the community in which God has placed me is a way for, the re- for renewal in the church. Mm-hmm. So I, I wanna see the impact in Steubenville itself, you know, with those apostolates that we're serving. Um, but broader than that also, um, my, my colleague, Luke Burgess, who you referred to earlier wrote an article in uh, Word on Fire, Bishop, Bishop mm-hmm. Barron's um, uh, magazine. And he wrote there that we've got a vision for vocations directors in every family, in every parish, in every high school, in every college across this world. So rather than just thinking about vocations as, a re- as recruitment for young men to be priests or religious, that we think about vocations in a, in a new way with a new paradigm that emphasizes the glory of each person and their calling. And that, I think, is a way for renewal in the church. It was part of John Paul's the, the second's pastoral vision, and we want to help catalyze that because it's been neglected, and that can't happen anymore.
0: Oh, Amen, brother, Amen. Um, and uh, let me sign up to to be one of those vocations directors. Um, you already yeah.
1: are, sister. <laughs> <laughs> I know you are. For many.
0: Well, but but that's the point. Is that so often? I think we think that. That's somebody else's job. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is by being fully who we are, then what happens is, is that then we help others be given the clarity about who they are. And then when we are in solidarity, because what you were talking about, like being in Steubenville and renewing Steubenville and, and having an impact there through these missionaries, you know, is that's subsidiarity. That's the essence of what subsidiarity is supposed to look like. Uh, for those of you who might not know these two terms, go look up Catholic social teaching, you know, check out the catechism. Um, but this is these are two of the most fundamental principles of where it's the personal, the subsidiarity, and then the whole of solidarity. Mm-hmm. And it's when we're doing these well, then we are caring for the person in the context of caring for the whole. And that is, you know, and it's so beautiful because so much in our society is all about self-fulfillment and coming to know yourself and actualization and everything. And I smile a little bit to myself because I'm going, guys, church has been talking about this for 2,000 years. Jesus talked about this over 2,000 years ago, but we've missed the message. So it's been beautiful to see how, it's been renewed in our own time, kind of like what, you know, uh, John Paul II did with Theology of the Body. He wasn't, he wasn't presenting new teachings of the church, you know, about who we are as human persons and how it's expressed in our sexuality. Rather, he was presenting it in language that we could embrace it. And I think that's what you and Luke and, you know, of course, you know, Pope Paul VI and John Paul and, and Pope Francis and Benedict have been doing but you're giving a language for us to be able to wrestle with it and say, oh yes, this is who we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, the glory of God is man fully alive, right? Mm-hmm. Saint Saint Eric.
1: Beautiful, beautiful passage.
0: <laughs> uh, so I wanted to ask um, just kind of, what have you found to be the most challenging or most rewarding as you've been sharing this message about personal vocation with others?
1: I think one of the most challenging things is the pain of seeing a person's unique gifts and the glory and beauty of those gifts. But having a you know, maybe a, a young person I'm working with, um, young adults, well, stay with that that demographic, who don't really appreciate their own gifts or understand the implications of them and are just really more pleasure focused um, mm-hmm. or, or focused upon um, aims that are good, but much less than what they could be. Yes. Um, um, and so that, that is personally difficult uh, and, and a challenge. Um, I do think sometimes working with young adults, that's just generally a challenge of, of understanding the implications of one's gifts. Frankly, part of the reason why we're doing the gap program is so we've got plenty of rich experience mm-hmm. that we can help people draw upon uh, to see the implications of their gifts. Um, so I guess those are some of the challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, did you you also asked about blessing or opportunity? What was yeah, the rewarding. yeah, rewarding. Yeah, it was rewarding.
0: Most rewarding.
1: What's most rewarding and and, um, I would say some of the impetus of of this GAP program, although Luke and I did write about it in this book, Unrepeatable, we had a kind of a desire for it then. But but seeing the fruit of the seminar um, that I was able to to develop at Franciscan University of Steubenville, where I serve and and, um, so glad to be there. But it's a fourteen week seminar where we, of course, define personal vocation and help people to recognize their gifts using this narrative approach that I described, but then helping them recognize that 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 chapter of who they are, those stories of who they are, that they're called to write a chapter in the story of salvation. And when they, they recognize that who they are and their own, their own narrative path, that God wants that to be a part of the story of salvation that remains for all time. He literally wants us to write an appendix to the gospel, as Pope Francis says. And having young adults and, and, and mid-career and even retirees too just awaken to the glory of God's love for each person as a unique and unrepeatable image bearer. Um, when they awaken to that, there's joy, there's delight, there's a sense of responsibility, and it can be profoundly life-changing. Um, and it's, it's been that way for, for some of the young adults that we worked with, uh, and, and even some of the older folks too. So I know that it's not just an abstract teaching, but absolutely transformative um, and, and life-giving. You know, we, God came, we may have life and have it to the full, and personal vocation cultivation, I think is a means towards that that life in Christ. Mm-hmm.
0: Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So if you were to kind of look at your work, what is, you know, what, what is it that's helped you on your own journey to becoming the saint that God created you to be? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, a major step was becoming Catholic and recognizing the Catholicity of my granddad's work and the um, really seeing his work in much more of a, of a Catholic light um, and bringing me to a, a wife and children, um, which has been fundamental. Um, but of late, I would say this, and this is very immediate experience, um, We're trying to build a a gap year program and it's pilot, pilot initiative. We're starting in August and Christina, it's a, it's a huge leap of faith. Mm. Um, And so being, feeling called to it, but also totally overwhelmed has just brought me to my knees in prayer in a way that I haven't been ever. Mm. Um, So trust and reliance on the Holy spirit through the prayers of the saints, in particular, St. Joseph, um, has been very, very good. Uh, it's like just walking kind of close to the bone, close to prayer and, um, and trusting and seeing some of the fruit of that. Um, it's like, there's no, there's no time to waste <laughs> and I'm feeling that every day.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and so has there been one particular, uh, habit or practice that, that you've kind of incorporated to help you be able to live out of that trust and reliance in your life? Have you seen that emerging for you yet? Anything in particular?
1: This experience of surrendering everything. Mm. Surrender the anxiety. Surrender the fact that there's still fundraising to do. Surrendering that unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Mm -hmm. And really recognizing that it's just laying it all at the foot of the cross. So it's it's both working hard and praying hard. And at the end of the day, saying, God, it's yours. <laughs> so that's been freeing. And I could just feel God's pleasure when I'm in a place where uh, the trust is, is more full than it's been before. Not saying it's total. <laughs> Again, there are saints who can smile through a gunfire. Um, mm-hmm. That ain't me yet. But... <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> more now, trust. Yeah, um, so the two for me that came to mind as you were sharing that are, you know, Jesus, I surrendered all to you. Take care of everything from the abandonment novena from Dom uh, Dolindo Rotolo, um, and that that novena is, is beautiful. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the working hard, praying hard. You know, St. Ignatius Loyola always saying, you know. Um, Work as if everything depends on you. Praise if everything depends on God, which it does. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so very, very, uh, very beautiful. Well, you know, I can't believe that our time is already up. Um, I so enjoy having conversation with you all the time that we are connected. Where might people be able to go in order to find out more about the missions program? And I'll make sure to toss it into the show notes as well.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah, we, we still have room for um, some missionaries. Uh, today is July 8, 2022, and we're looking for one male missionary and a few female missionaries. So um, if people could pray on that and think about somebody that they might they might um, recruit for it. But they can go to inscapecenter.org, mm-hmm. and there's a tab there for missions program. There's a wonderful video that my friend Joseph Palmer did. Mm-hmm. Um, and and more information about the program and how to apply, mm-hmm. um, and if those uh, called to to support us with prayer or, or, or finances as well. There's a give tab there, um, but really just supporting it uh, in those in those ways: recruitment, prayer, financial support. Um, all that's wonderful. There's an ebook as well that's for free on personal vocation and. Um, that's just a good kind of primer on personal vocation and how it's key for renewal in the church.
0: Yeah, no, it is absolutely phenomenal, uh, so that is, uh, shoot, the name again is One, oh shoot, I forgot the name. One Thing Necessary. Of Thank you, One Thing Necessary, um, and it is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, it really gives uh, insight into the church's teachings on personal vocation, uh, but not in a theological way, so much as it is in a practical, live it out. Um, And so highly recommend that as well. So I'll put that in the show notes too. But uh, Joshua, thank you so much, uh, my brother. It has been such a joy and such a pleasure. Um, And for everybody out there, um, you got some resolutions to to pursue, uh, but continue to do whatever it takes so that together we can tell the master of death, not today. Mm. Have a blessed day, everybody. So what might be some resolutions that you could take from Joshua's and my conversation today? Well, one of the first is go out and share this opportunity about the missions program with, a young adult in your life, might be someone in your own family, might be your own son or daughter, or it could be someone that you know, family, friend, um, extended family. Um, but whoever it is, go and share this opportunity with others, because it's going to be truly a once in a lifetime opportunity. The second thing is for you to go and get a copy of unrepeatable or the motivation code or both and read them. And one of the biggest ways that you can continue to grow in your own personal vocation is by reading each of these books and coming to understand how our own knowledge of our fulfillment stories are able to help us be able to continue to become our best selves. And the third is is that if something like the Missions program even appeals at all, I am getting ready to launch within the Say Yes to Holiness community a new mastermind. And that mastermind is about your personal vocation and leadership mastermind. And listen to the little call to action that is right after this resolution. But if you're even the remote, even the little best interested, make sure to reach out to me at christinasimmons at gmail.com. Again, that's christinasimmons at gmail.com. And I will send you the information about it so you can discern whether or not this might be something that you would enjoy. It's going to be a 40-week journey uh, together, uh, online immersion experience. So make sure to reach out and connect with me. So are you living that best life? Are you living out the fullness of your personal vocation in your life right now? Or are you helping others do the same? Or do you think you might need to grow a little bit and being able to get better at helping others discover who they are and step into the unique and unrepeatable role that God has created for them? If any of those are true, then you need to consider becoming a part of the personal vocation and leadership mastermind that I am currently putting together. It's entitled Awaken to God's Love for You, Personal Vocation and Leadership Mastermind. And the purpose is to help you discover and learn how to live out your personal vocation while helping others to do the same. The curriculum is going to include the Living Your Personal Vocation seminar materials that was developed by Dr. Joshua Miller and InScape Vocations, and also, Say Yes to Holiness is leadership in life and community process that isn't offered anywhere else, and it's part of the book that I am in the process of writing, so you're going to get um, front row seats and being able to experience this, but the entire experience is going to help you be formed so you can discern and fully live out your vocation And then help you develop the skills to assist and accompany others in doing the same. All as together we discover how God is using each of us to play a vital role in his grand narrative of salvation history. So, the seminar, you know, uh, the mastermind, sorry, is going to be highly interactive and it's going to be emphasizing practical tools and steps. And at the end of all of it, It's going to be an opportunity for you to receive a certification, um, you know, for this Mastermind Immersion Experience, but it's going to be a combination of uh, reading and videos uh, from some of the top thought leaders, um, you know, throughout all of evangelization, as well as formation. There's going to be small group interaction. There's going to be monthly integration weeks, um, you know, each month, uh, personal coaching with me, uh, journaling, service experiences, etc. So if any of this even appeals to you at all, reach out to me, send me an email, christinasimmons at gmail.com, and I will send you the info sheet and then we can get on a call and we can just talk about whether or not this might be a good fit for you um, in the next 40 weeks that's coming up, uh, beginning in August, uh, moving until May. And if you think that it is a good fit, then we will get going together. So again, reach out to me, Christina Simmons at gmail.com.